With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, apparently we're going to talk about football. So I'll be back later. (laughs) (laughs) So I put up an article on Sportsology about a bunch of quarterbacks that could be going elsewhere, right? So, and it's not in any particular order, but there's some interesting ones. Number one on the list is Tom Brady. He's not going to retire. If you know Tom Brady, he's not retiring. But I do think he's fed up with Bill Belichick. And so I do think he's going elsewhere because, logically speaking, he's not looking for the biggest contract in football if he stays with the Patriots, if he's happy. But the fact that he let himself go to UFA tells you all you need to know, and we've seen the arguments. Now, uh, Russ, like I said, when I did the radio thing I do on Thursdays, we talked to uh, uh, Bob Glauber from uh, Newsday, mm-hmm. and he said that he thinks that Brady is trying to get more, a little bit of leverage here to get the Patriots to spend more money on the offense, and he thinks that he does want to stay in New England. Okay. I don't think he does, but we'll see. Bob knows more than me, but I'm just taking a hunch. The teams that I had him going to, if he didn't stay – would be like the Chargers, the Redskins. Now, the Colts is an interesting one because I know people are like, well, what about the Flategate? Well, you know what? So many weird things happen in sports, but the Colts have a good team. Or Denver. Those are teams that really are good teams that need a quarterback. Could he stay? Sure. I just don't think he is. I just got the feeling that was his last game, but we'll we'll see. The one that got most attention, and that was about a week ago when I floated it, was with Nick Foles, I think if Brady doesn't stay, I think the Patriots try and make a trade for him because he's a Super Bowl quarterback. He's a proven Super Bowl quarterback. He won't cost him a ton of money, and it gives Belichick a chance to win if Brady walks. So I think I think he's one of the possibilities for New England. I, the other possibility I put for New England, and we'll ask Kevin about this, is Matt Stafford on the off chance that Detroit would – part ways with him, which would be dumb, right? Because he's a good quarterback, but you never know. I think the most likely on your list is Cam Newton going to Washington because because Haskins is probably – they forced him in there. He could use a year or two where he's learning. Yeah, and Rivera knows him. Yeah, you know, unless unless Rivera doesn't want to deal with this crap because we know he's a pain in the butt sometimes. And and I'm telling you, I will bet money that – Ryan Fitzpatrick is staying in Miami. I would bet money on that. Only, uh, well, only if, well, they're going to draft a quarterback. And only if Brady, if because Miami is one of the names that's come out with regarding Brady. Because I know they have a hundred million dollars in cap space. He knows the the coach from New England. They uh, still have enough players. No, I know that, but he, but he also if he get he can get back at New England for because he'll be playing them twice a year. And he stays in a division that he's extremely familiar with in the AFC East. It would be funny if that – I mean, I would hate it. I'm sure you would hate it with the Jets. I would hate it with yeah. the Bills if we can't get rid of this son of a bitch. No, and- that's true. I, I The two that I have retiring are Flacco and Eli Manning. I think both of them are retiring. I think Flacco is way past it. I think, I think 
I think Rivers is retiring. I think Rivers might retire, or he might just get traded, and that's why I have other guys going to Los Angeles, which that whole move is a debacle anyhow. Like, it's just it, – it's been clearly awful. The, the last one that I thought would be interesting, at least for Jet fans, is I could see them ending up with, like, Case Keenum as their backup because I think he's not proven anything as a starter, but clearly off the bench he's been pretty good. And I did have Phillip Rivers, if he does leave, going to Tampa or Carolina because there are two spots that definitely need quarterbacks. So we'll see. But all of these guys mentioned in this article, I would say 75 to 80% of them are something is happening to them that didn't happen to them this last season. Like this is probably the most volatile quarterback market they've ever had. Okay. I'm going to just go out on him and say that he doesn't go anywhere. Cause I think that, I mean, and just because, it's such a hassle for a guy like Tom Brady to go someplace else. Like it, it, it really like, I just, I feel like his life is so. Well, he doesn't live in, in the new England area. He does. Oh, I know. I know he lives in the New York area. I know. But, um, you know, I, I just think that, uh, maybe he goes to the giants and, uh, Joe judge is the, uh, no, I, know. I, don't know, I just, I just feel like, you know, he's such a creature of habit at this point that he'll just deal with it. If he wants to, if you, know, you go with history act, Every great quarterback has left their team. No, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. But he's, I don't, I don't know. He feels like he's more, I, I don't know him well enough to really. People would have said that for Peyton Manning. There's no way Peyton Manning's going anywhere. He's, yeah. and he, and he did. And what ends up happening is, so he's going to go to Bob Kraft, like Mike said, through the Glauber conversation. And he's going to say, we need more of this. And Belichick's going to go, Tom, we could spend this amount on the offense but we still need a better defense. That's why we lost. And it's going to be Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick and Kraft is going to be refereeing that. Right. That is what's going to happen. Right. No, that, that makes it make it makes some sense. Yeah. But uh, let's move on. We'll see what we'll see okay. what happens here. All right. Let's go. Um, we don't get these kind of big things in hockey. You know, that's unfortunate. I wish we had them more often. I, mean, I guess we have had a few of them. We've had we had you know Gretzky going to different places at the end of his career, but we've had that many of them. No. All right, sure. here we go. Today's date is the 10th of January. That's correct. All right, here we go. Right. We'll be we'll be joined by Kevin Probably. Check the comment. Yes. Here we go. Hello. Okay. Hello, hockey world. It is. Um. <laughs> sorry, I got I got a text. Just I hate when I get a text from somebody like I've been waiting to get a text from all day. Just as I start that. Okay. Sorry. We're gonna start again. Here we go. Hello, hockey world. It is Friday, January 10th, 2019. I'm, oh, wait a second. Uh, 2020. Correct. Right. I'm Michael Agello. Still Russ Cohen from Sports <laughs> <laughs> Uh And I'm Matt You're watching Hockey Buzz, Kate, on HockeyBuzz.com. The podcast comes every Monday through Friday, sometimes with me. Um, you know, so I'm going to be here a lot more often, hopefully, in the near future as things mellow out here. But uh, I wanted to start tonight with, like, a goal by a goalie, you know, um, and, you know, we don't see this every day. And there's a couple things about this goal. You know, if those of you who don't, you know, who, do, who are maybe living under a rock in the hockey world, it's a pretty big deal when it happens. It's, it's not as Only big as it was. Uh, yeah. What was that? Only the 12th goalie to do it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is rare. And uh, here you have there's this is um this is Pekka Rene's goal last night. And you'll, uh, you'll be coming up here in a second. It's on a repeated stream. So, but the funny thing about this, so as you watch this happen, like, you know, he, you know, he obviously sees it. He he nails it. This is the perfect situation for a goalie to score, and you know, 
not surprised Pecoretti's got a hard shot, everything like that. I don't know if that's Dotch, Kirby Dotch, who's uh, trying desperately at the last minute to get to that puck for Chicago. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that 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 he that if it is Dodge is 77, right? If, I think it's him. Yeah, if it is him, like, could he not have put his hand up and blocked this? Because it was it not that far like above his head. Done, yeah, I agree. It seems like he could have done more. Like this, just, I mean, I was okay. Yeah, so a little history. I but the other thing I really wanted before I move on, and I'll, I'll talk about that. The way the react this goal was scored on the road, um, which is definitely like the one of the biggest downers in all in all history when you score and the goalie scores on the road because the goalie scoring at home is an incredibly incredible experience. It's like one of those things that people just, and the reaction from the fans when he scores and I give, come on, Chicago, give him a little bit of something. Look at this. No one is in, no one's entertained at all. It's as if, you know, completely, I mean, to me, this is just like, maybe, well, you should, at least I would, at least if I was there, you know what? I would have clapped because it's, I would have clapped. I'd been like, that's pretty cool. I just saw a goalie score a goal. Look at the guys behind him. This could not be least less interesting to that I man. Know. I mean, it's the enemy that scored the goal. That's so what. And these guys realize that my team stinks. And why don't I at least acknowledge that this was a fun thing? You saw something historic. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Well, twelve other people did it. So how historic could it be? All right. Well, well twelve was, out of how many people played the NHL? I know. I'm just making a point. I mean, along those lines, I. I, I I actually did see the first one of these. I was I was live when when Ron Hextall scored, and you know it was still one of my favorite memories in going to a hockey game. Like you know, obviously it's my goalie scoring, but if 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 you know it had been the other team scoring, I still would have remembered it as something very cool. Um, and it was the first time anybody had done it, so that was a big deal. I, I think the funniest one I saw, and it was back in back in the day when Rob Ramage during an extra attacker at the point. Uh, well, he was sort of at the half wall and passed it back to the point again. Got past him, went in the net, and Billy Smith got credit for the goal. Yeah, and that's the I'm funny thing. Whenever you listen to the Hextall, um, Hextall goal call from Gene Hart, Gene is like saying it's the first goalie to score. Well, not actually a score, but the first. It's it's always it's always this big explanation he's trying to do. But he's the first to actually shoot the puck into the net on his own because it happened once before with Billy Smith and. Heck, and and Gene Hart was trying to say all this. The Flyers announcer, while well, like he was, he was really yeah. excited, so it's very funny. Like to hear him like do a disclaimer as he's like, "This is an incredible thing has happened." But this could have happened in the fifties if goalies wanted it to. They just didn't do it because it was frowned upon, and it really wasn't until that era that I saw goalies actually shooting for it. Because like yeah. in the early seventies, goalies were not shooting for the opposition's net. They just didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, they weren't. They weren't shooting for the net. And I remember, I remember Hexall almost screwing himself with it one time, um, which is a, with a, a funny one in game six of the Stanley cup finals. Yeah. It was, it was one of the more, more, you know, it's a flyers, the flyers Oilers Stanley cup final 1987 game six is probably the one of, besides the flyers winning the two Stanley cup, probably the third most famous game in history for this, that team because the flyers were down three goals and, and came back and won it and sent it to a game seven in Edmonton against that incredible Edmonton team. So when the flyers were up by a goal, uh, the Oilers pulled their goalie. You know, the play's still going crazy because it was, remember, the J.J. Daniel goal that scored, that, that gave the Flyers the lead. Place is still going crazy. The Oilers dump the puck into the zone. Hextall goes behind the net thinking that, you know, because in Hextall's mind, I'm, I'm going to make this game like the most incredible thing ever. Like, because this is before he's actually scored a goal. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to score the first goal ever shooting into the puck right now in game six of the finals. He goes behind the net and fires it right at Mark Messier, who is between the circles, puts his hand up. Knocks the puck down and shoots the puck wide, and it was like that close to being one of the biggest 
worst situations ever yeah. by a goalie. Yeah, I mean, Mark Messier, yeah, you don't do it with him on the ice. Gave it to Mark Messier between the circles. Like, that was yeah. the most amazing. I remember the feeling of that was just incredible. But he choked. He didn't score. <laughs> right, he didn't score, which was which was even probably more incredible at the time because right. that Oilers team scored when they just when they stepped on the ice, they had two goals already. So much for captain comeback. <laughs> um, and the more I watch this goal, the more I do believe the Saber, the um, the Sabers, the Blackhawks defender should have been able to block this with his hand. This really was not. He was well, like standing on their own blue line. Like I, 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 I'm very happy for Pekka Rene that he scored a goal. I'm sure Peter Laviolette is basically saying, "Yeah, you can score a goal, but could you have made a couple saves to have me keep my job?" Because <laughs> b- before before this, as Laviolette got fired this week, and I think it was uh, Jeff Merrick on on Sportsnet, he had had their stats department uh, look it up that. Most coaches that are getting fired, these coaches are getting fired because their goaltending has been terrible. And in this instance, Rene and UC Saros both had save percentages under 900. Saros, I think, was like in the 880s, which just, you know, sort of uh, confirms what Russ is saying about Saros the last couple of years, that he's not a great goaltender. I know I wasn't on when Russ um, talked about it, but, you know, I had hats off to Russ for, like, pointing out that when it's Winter Classic, that he just, he he realized that room was gone. Patrick, yeah. I was just paying attention, you know, and I was just talking to everybody. And but, but here's the thing: I appreciate you can that. feel that, though. I mean, I've been in situations like that before, where you see the room yeah. is gone, you know, and, and you can definitely feel it with the team. So let let's talk about Chicago, right? Because I felt like even though they had this full com- comeback, um, that first period when they gave up a couple quick ones at home, you could just see it didn't sit well. It didn't sit well with Crawford. This is what they've been going through all year. Duncan Keith got beat. Both defensemen got beat on literally just being pushed away from the puck. Yeah. And it was, an, you know, I forget it's the really guy. Really soft. Hard. Really soft. Um, hold on. I'll tell you who it was because he was a, he's a Milwaukee Admiral that got recalled recently uh, this year. Uh, here we go. Um, all right. So it was Blackwell. Colin Blackwell. Like Colin Blackwell, that's his first goal. And he yeah. literally beat Keith and pushed him off the puck and the other defensemen too. And that's the problem with the Blackhawks. They just don't have any defense, right? So yeah. if you want to give the rosy story, here's the rosy story for the Blackhawks. Well, they're only the seventh worst team in the league. But they're tied with San Jose, and we've all pretty much admitted San Jose doesn't look like they have a yeah, chance. They don't, it, it's, it's always funny to me, Russell, that happens. Like, you know, like a team like, you know, this, they're like totally out of it. And yet Chicago is like people are still giving them hope and they're and they're just as bad. Right. And and now even going into that game, I saw media from Chicago are like, well, this is an important game. Well, guess what? You lost that important game. How many yeah. more tests do you see need to see this team lose? Last year happened because Taves, Taves woke up and Kane got on a hot streak because Kane can do that. Well, Kane's yeah. isn't getting on a hot streak again. Well, I mean, we both know even if Chicago has that great second half like they did last year, it's going to be a bridge too far for them to really get back into the race. And that's why you know when the news. Yeah, I mean they will. I mean, and it's a shame because I think that I I, I honestly I picked Chicago to make the playoffs as like one of a, you know because there's always I one the team. to make the playoffs. They're not gonna. 
There's always one team, you know, that's that, that's going to surprise you in that in the central. Like, there's always a team that's going to be going to get there. And I thought Chicago would be that team this year, and they're not. They're not going to. Right, be and, that, and that's why that's why when the news came down a few weeks ago that Seabrook was going to be out for the season and Dehan was going to be out for the season with the, yeah. having surgery, I said this was good news for the Blackhawks in one respect because now Stan Bowman has eleven million dollars to play with now they're far enough out of the playoff picture that he's not going to go out and trade for rentals, but he can be a power broker at the deadline. And, and I, I believe this is something we have to follow closely until February 24th. The contending teams in this league, with the exception of Colorado and, and the Islanders, and I think the Islanders are not really a contender, but they're a playoff team probably. None, no. of, the none of the contending teams, Philly, if they're a contender, Washington, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Boston, Tampa have cap space. But these teams like Columbus, who's in the playoff race right now, yeah. Chicago, who's not, New Jersey, who's not, Detroit, Chicago, if I didn't say them, they have cap space. They can be sort of the receptacle for bad contracts. They can they can buy they can take on contracts for payment, and these other teams can open up cap space. And make deals like the and, deal. that, and that's like what happened. Last thing, last thing about Kubelik. So yeah. I'm not Kubelik. Chicago. Kubelik is second in scoring on Chicago with 14 goals. Yeah. Dominic Kubelik, a guy they just signed this year. Yeah. Think about that. Taves is 10 goals. They literally have like five guys in double digits. Their offense stinks. No, that's just not, that's the astonishing thing about Chicago that really because we can sit here and say all day long that you know Seabrick and Keith are getting old, but their def their offense is not scoring goals. And, and and granted, I'm I'm one of those I'm the first one to say that you know that forwards are like receivers and defenders are like quarterbacks. You need to get the ball to the to the receivers. So yeah. that the defensive transition game that does kill those guys, but it doesn't doesn't kill them all the time. Like it's it's like you know they should still be scoring. They should still be getting goals. They're still there's still a cycle game. There's still when you once you have the puck in the zone game, you know it's it's you're not going to score off the rush without good without a good transition game. But you still should score. You should, and that comes down to just not working hard enough. I mean, that just comes down to not forechecking. And that's when I watch Chicago, I'm astonished at how bad their forecheck is. Like that that's the thing that just blows my mind. And and you know, the forecheck is forecheck requires everybody on the same page. It requires cycling. It requires working hard. It requires defensemen pinching. Yeah. And when that defenseman pinching at forward, picking up his point spot, all that stuff, the basic, simple stuff that all our youth hockey players out there in you know at age twelve can do, well, are doing. I well, I mean, the one thing is is that they fired Quenville, I believe it was eleven months ago. It yeah. was it was December of December of eighteen. Yeah. Um, and hired Colleton, and Colleton had a great the great second half after they struggled for a while. Yeah. This year, they've had the bad first half again, and if they don't have the good second half, um, he might be in trouble, not because, and Russ has said this for a while, but th this is the thing. With all these coaches that are out there now, and you have a team like Chicago who still has players that are uh, top echelon in their prime, meaning Taves and Kane, if there's a Laviolette or a DeBoer or a Babcock, yeah, that's an upgrade. they're gonna they're gonna go they're gonna go after those guys. Yeah, we have a trade to break here. Um, okay. which comes from the OHL. <laughs> <laughs> so for you know, I don't really report on trades in the OHL too often, but you know, this is a biggie. The uh, the Saginaw Spirit have acquired the Carolina Hurricanes prospect Ryan Suzuki, as well as Peter Fleming, Ryan Beck, and a fifth round pick from the Barry Colts in exchange for Connor Punnett, Eric Cardwell. 
two seconds, two thirds, and five fifth round. No, the fifth and, and fifth round pick. I know it, this is the great. This is like the great OHL trade. You know, like oh, that, yeah. that we see these things every year. You know, this is the Saginaw Spirit. They're they have a shot at the Memorial Cup. They're going to go for it. Yep. And they're going out to get you know Suzuki essentially, and I and, and you know, Fleming too is another is another solid player. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know Ryan Beck as well, Russ. You might. No, I don't either. But um, but you know. But the guy they're giving up, I mean, they with Connor Punnett and Ethan Cardwell, these are not big names. And uh, no. two seconds, two thirds, and and a fifth round pick. That's the important part there. And it's it, funny it, when, like, it's it, just, just after all that, after you've given up Punnett, Cardwell, two seconds and two thirds, you think the guy's saying, I'm not going to do it unless we add a fifth yeah, round. No, this, this, yeah. this deal was <laughs> wonder about that, like, that part of the discussion. This deal was made for cap space. That's what it was made for. Um, it, it, it's a no. It's a, it, is it? He knows there's no cap space. There's no cap well, space. I'm sorry. I, well, I, I, that, I was you, you froze me for a second there because I wasn't well, sure. I was being sarcastic, but no. The funny the funny thing. Um, uh, Thomas, the the kid who scored the game winning goal for Team Canada at the World Junior, he like was no problem, yeah. yeah. He was traded while he was at uh, Scotiabank Arena getting uh, the applause of the Leaf fans. Uh, he was traded from Niagara to Peterborough. He had to waive. He had a no trade clause in his OHL contract. So that's astonishing. First of all, can we just say that is astonishing. An OHL kid would have a no trade. Well, there's a few things about Saginaw who I'm going to see next week. Mm -hmm. um, Cole Perfetti is a, a top pick in the draft. People can go to Sportsology see where I rank him. Cole Koski is another really good player. Uh, they also have um, Mason Millman, who's a uh, a Flyers pick who. I really do feel like, as a defenseman, is under the radar right now. He's got 11 goals and 26 That's points. He looked great, great in camp. I, I wrote about him in um, in rookie camp. That could be a, a heck of a pick. So you know they they built themselves a pretty good team here. Yeah. Um. So just switch switching uh, to a game last night, and I have to have to do this. Um. Sometimes when some one team is playing against another, you don't want either one of them to win. It's like when when somebody asked me in the eighty six well, you yeah. in, in nineteen eighty six who I was rooting for between the Red Sox and the Mets. I said I'm rooting for a mid air collision. Um, now well, that said, said like a true fan of the sport, right? Mike? Yes, there there you go. But what a, what a loser statement. Anyhow, <laughs> sort, sort of the same feeling I had last night when Edmonton was playing the Montreal Canadiens. Ah, two of your favorites. Yes, there, there you go. You and I have, the, you and I have so much fun talking about these teams. But, but, but you know, th thankfully the right team won because they can still miss the playoffs. The, uh, the team that lost is a team that is definitely out of the playoffs. That's the Canadians who – Blow a two nothing lead and lose four to two. Oh, yes, and the Canadians have lost now eight in a row, which yeah. ties their record for the worst franchise loss. Which they and they tie they lost eight in a row this year. <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah, this, this Canadian team is definitely and the, so the crazy thing about that is, and I wrote this yesterday, and it was like painful to write because I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my god, you know. Did I, so I talked to the source and he, he's like, telling me the Canadians are not sellers. You know, it is one of those just awesome moments to be acting. So I'm like, okay, right. sure. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you're the source. You know more than I do, so I've got to write that because that's what you're saying. But at the well, same time, with me, from my perspective, I don't. I just cannot imagine why the Canadians would not be sellers. Well, well, let me let me follow that up with because yeah. Pierre LeBrun, Bob McKenzie, Darren Drager, all last night on the insider trading uh, little snippet they do in between periods said the same thing, but with a caveat. They said they're not sellers now. But they I have feel better. I didn't know they did. That's good. Yeah, they, they have six games until the yeah. All Star break. If right. they 
basically if they're if they're not if there's no great change in what they're in the direction of what they're doing now, then they believe Bergevin is going to reconsider and start selling. If they turn it around and they stay within a reasonable distance of the playoffs, uh, and yeah. maybe they consider adding, or maybe they just stay. The problem is here is that they lost another player uh, on on earlier in the week in Ben Sherratt. Gallagher tried to come back. Uh, he practiced for the first time after getting concussed. He mispracticed today. He's having symptoms. Yeah, the, can I say, so I was I was visiting with a good friend of ours, and we were watching the uh, watching the Detroit Red Wings Montreal Canadiens game on television, and. Um, and uh, you know where, where that friend is right now. Um, but anyway, we were, we were visiting with that good friend, and uh, and on that game they were talking about how Brendan Gallagher was skating with a with a um, with a with a visor that had uh, special like you know dark stuff on it so that the lights wouldn't bother his head when he skated. And I'm thinking to myself, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I cannot believe a team would allow a player to do such a thing. Like if you're at the point where you're, where you have to put a dark film on your visor to skate. You know what that screams of? That's like when Chris Pronger was trying that when he had post-concussion. Yeah, that, that if, and it's, it's scary on one hand, but to me, it's like, this is like, this is the obvious desperation of trying to get them back in the lineup. And to me, but if as a, person you know like if this is my kid out going out there and doing this there's just no way in hell that you should yeah. if, if you're at the point where the lights are going to bother you you cannot it's not an underlying problem. Problem. right and and he tried he tried to it sounds like he tried to force himself to come back in practice yeah i mean he's, he's going to do that and you got to tell him not to do it i mean gallagher is the kind of guy who's going to do that you're right but he missed it Right, but he meant, but he missed it today, so he's having headache symptoms. So they're gonna do more and more. But it's not only him; it's Armia, it's Drouin, it's Byron, and they're you know they had to bring in Kovalchuk. This team is in deep, deep trouble. But they yeah. were in deep, deep trouble at the beginning of the year, act because well, like we said, we all said uh, uh, when we were doing the season previews, everything went right for the for the Habs last year, and they missed the playoffs by a point. Everything would have to go right, even more for them to make the playoffs and Carey Price is not Carey Price anymore. Well, I mean, he hasn't been for a few weeks. He was really good early. Yeah, he was but, earlier and and now with all the players they're missing, you know, how can Carey anybody? You know, like Carey right. Price is a goalie. He's like he, he's going to do his best he can and if the team is half decent in front of him, he's going to be fine, but that team is not half. So I know it looks great that Ilya Kovalchuk has three three assists in three games, but here's a snapshot Again, in those games, none of those assists helped a win. Help, nothing was setting up a game winner or anything like that. And in that game yesterday, he played 18 minutes, over 18 minutes, and had two shots on goal. Like, how many games does Ilya Kovalchuk have to go before scoring a goal to where we say, you know, I know he's cheap, he's 700000 but yeah. if this guy, if, if this guy was a guy who come, came up from Laval, he'd be sent back in a week. Yeah. No, he obviously, I mean, it's free money. It's like, it's like, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like he's, but he's stealing minutes, Mike. There might they're be, they're all, hurt. they're all hurt. What are you going to yeah. do? More minutes, more minutes. They can send them back. They can get, he's got to play. I mean, they can, they can send, they can, they can get rid of him. I know. They, can trade him. they might. When guys come back, they might they get rid of him. him. But I they could. I mean, they technically could. $700,000? After, after after other teams have seen okay if he's if he's terrible 
over the next couple weeks, then you're right. Nobody will be interested, and they send him to Laval, and he probably retires because he doesn't want to go down the American Hockey League. If he continues to play and contributes as a secondary offensive source, are you telling me that there's nobody out there that's gonna that's gonna trade for him? Oh, somebody will trade for him. I, I, I'm not so sure about that, but okay. Somebody always I does. But I mean, if you can't. I mean, if you can't do anything on the Montreal Canadiens right now, you know, like I mean, what? I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get more minutes someplace else. You're not gonna get more time on the power play someplace no, else. No, like, I mean, this is it. Like this is the amount of time he's getting is inordinate for the talent he currently has. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that. No. I mean, at some point you think to yourself, okay, Montreal. Okay, the draft next year is in Montreal. Um, yeah. Lafreniere is French Canadian. There's a lot of things that there's a lot of things that can play into this. Some could be a great story. You know, like this could play out in a way. That if Montreal falls, you know, too far, um, you know, I mean, they still have to fall a little bit further, obviously, to get that chance. They still have forty-three points, you know. Listen, but, they went that route. They took the kid from Harvard, and he never played. Louis LeBlanc never played a minute. Man, might have played one game in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah. Now, now, but we can't say we can't say that that's not a desired uh, outcome for. The Habs, because Russ, we both know that they were trying, scrambling to trade up in 2016 when uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was picked third overall. Oh, yeah. They wanted him yeah. bad. Well, they and they're so, and you know, I love that about I love that about the Canadians. Honestly, I do. It's it's just one of those cool things about hockey that they want they, they want their French Canadians. I, I think that I know I'm I'm in the minority. I know a lot of people have issues with it, and and they should have issues because years ago. When when all the French Canadians, you know, when Montreal had them automatically, that was a problem. That's you know, the, the Canadians had years and years and years. They got they got you know, the best best French Canadians automatically. But but I think this is I think this is uh this this is playing out. To, you could you can see how this goes. Here's my other problem too, right? Yeah, I did bring in Kovalchuk to give me some offense. Yeah, and he has nine shots, not nine shots, sorry, seven shots on goal in three games. So maybe he's taken twenty. And seven have hit the net. Like this is, you know, again, this guy on the offense as bad as it is, he should be shooting eight times a game. Yeah, agreed. Agreed completely. Um, but the other team playing in that game, Mike, the Edmonton Oilers, have now won three in a row and are one point out of first place in the Pacific again, which Mm -hmm. is like it's astonishing. Like that it just just, shows I mean, they were so bad for so long. I think the injuries. I think if Kentner wasn't injured, I think they wouldn't be in this position. Yeah, they're they're one point out of first place, and they're one point out of missing the playoffs. That's yeah, how, no, that's the Pacific that's right, now, right? Yeah, I mean, there. But you think about we're all sitting there saying Arizona's having a great year, like Russ said before. You know, Arizona's having a great year. They are one point ahead of the of of the Edmonton Oilers. And well, that's their best goalie, though. If Kentner was not their best goalie, but no, no questions asked. The top two goalies. I yeah, think you know, so. You know, the more I, you know, I was talking to a lot of people about Ken Holland, and Ken Holland's history has been that he's not a big trade deadline guy. He's not a guy who goes and gets players. No, at the deadline at all. Like he's very, he's very much build from within. Let the players, you know, marinate in the in the AHL. Let them marinate in juniors. Yeah, but I think this is years different, and um, and well, and I think that you know the pressure coming from from above is going. You're going to see a very different kind of Ken Holland. So it's hard, well, like. So well, it's very it's, hard to pick what Edmonton's going to do right now because usually you would look at the GM's history. Well, it's it's funny because he was interviewed on Toronto radio on Monday when they when the Oilers were in were in Toronto, and when asked a question about you know what he does closer to the deadline, 
it was a very sort of wishy-washy answer because it was like, okay, we got McDavid and we got Dreisaitl and we, you know, with, with those guys, it's incumbent upon us to like go and try to make the playoffs. Um, but we're not going to mortgage any of our future. Okay. Well then if you're not going to mortgage any of your future to get players that are going to help you now, you're not making any moves. You know, right. it's like you're, you know, the, there's no value in Pooley RV right now. I'm not saying they have to trade, you know, Evan Bouchard or Broberg, their two first round picks who are defensemen, but you're going to have to give up something. And the problem is, is that the something that they have may not be worth it to get players that'll help them. I mean, is Tyler Benson, or uh, you know some of their lower prospects going to be enough for teams to trade rentals, and I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. So I got some breaking news. Go ahead. And I think this is a leg up on last year. So you know, last year we were all surprised when women were in the All Star game. So now the NHL all of a sudden is tracking Kendall Coyne, and so she's five foot one. She just showed a workout where she literally can jump from floor. 42 inches on top of a crate without touching anything, without leaning on anything. And her husband took the video and it's pretty astonishing because she is 62 inches and she jumped 42 (laughs) inches in the air. Now, if people are wondering, what does that equate to hockey? Speed burst comes from those muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I can do that. Right. I mean, that, that acceleration that you have, if you can, I mean, you're, you're accelerating and get the greatest acceleration of all against gravity. You know, that's, yeah. that's like, if you can accelerate that way against gravity. So this is why when Neanderthal guys say, well, women can't play pro hockey, they're not fast enough. It's baloney. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, Honestly, I, I, I think that might be the most entertaining aspect of the all-star game in St. Louis. If it happens again, because that was the most entertaining. It is happening again. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm good. Cause, yeah. but honestly, honestly, again, it's, Ovechkin dropping out, Flurry dropping out. Probably, probably going to get a couple more players before uh, that weekend dropping out. And again, I, I, I renew my my uh, problem with the All Star Game. What does it matter? It doesn't. It's a waste of time. Now, if they want to, what what's that? It's entertainment. For it's fans. not entertainment. It's not real. It's not. It's it's it's. it's I, I, no, it's, it's, I mean, it, it, the problem is, you know, Mike's like an absolutist um, where the, you know, and I, I get that, you know, like, it's like, it, it's not what it says it is. It's not the all-star game. I mean, he says it's not real. He's going to go see a movie called 1917 where nothing that he's seeing on the screen is real. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, this There's a difference a movie and a sporting event. It's like, do I go to see WWE, which I know is not real? Sorry, kids. There's a spoiler. Um, you know, I'm sorry. No, I don't. I like my I like my sporting events to be to have consequence and to be real. And this is it's an it's entertaining. No, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not a, a sporting event, Mike. That's the thing. It's, it's a show of skill. It's you it, know, it, it's just it is it is an event for the kids. Honestly, that's what I've, I've said it before. I said it a hundred times. It's that's it is an event for the kids. And when I've been to All Star games, the one thing I am always amazed at is how much kids love All Star games. Right. They the absolutely. Law, they absolutely. And, it, and it's great because I mean it's not. They just love – I mean, they absolutely love All-Star Games. This, what we need to do – what we really need to see is like seven-year-old Mike in a video to see if he ever had youthful joy because clearly it's all dissipated at this point. No, because he's exa- he had tons of youthful joy, and he, he had, and I'm sure of it. And we I'm don't sure know that. You collected, collected cards, and you collected things like that, and these, he would be like – 
I you argued with your friends about who was on the All Star team. I was a I was a bitter bastard at eight. No, I you know I liked the All Star game back when it was. Gretzky and Howe at at, at, at but you didn't back then. If you had been doing the show back then, you wouldn't have liked it because no. it was like it was horrible back then compared to what was going on then. Young twenty goals in the game. I remember Gretzky and Lemieux would have like eight points. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. I mean, I think that they've done everything they can to make it half decent. I think it's good, and, and I think I'm fine. You know, I'm yeah. fine with it at this point. Um, but let's move on to the Rangers for a second because uh, two things happened last night that were kind of interesting. First of all, Tony D'Angelo, South Jersey's own Tony D'Angelo. Brings up the has the hat trick and um and the what five points six points five points five points he had it, he had that midway through the second period too it's crazy yeah he had it early I mean again he's been having a great year all year yeah I don't know how many times I've de- I've defended D'Angelo on this yeah. show and he kept going from team to team I told everybody that was a great signing by the Rangers yeah. and they're going to have to pay him next year he's going to end up with fifty points or more this year but the play that you need to pull up Eck, is on his um. Second goal, I think it was, he shot it from his own end of the ice through the legs of Brett Howden, which is a set play. It goes in, it hits the boards, it goes right to Chris Kreider on his stick. He goes right in on the net and scores. It is a thing of beauty. There it is. I got it right here. Let's bring it up here. I'm telling you the skill level on this for D'Angelo to pull this off is incredible. Yeah, this is, this is here I go. Bring it up. Right now, so this is, the, like, uh, well, this is the goal of the year. You know, like every game, everybody says it's here's a goal. the goal, right here. So, no, no, it's not this one. It's not this one. No, That's the second one. I, I was much further down. So then maybe it's the uh, first goal or third goal. Maybe it's his first goal. I'm right, gonna bring it back here. I'll hold on a second. It was the goal, but no, it's not this one. Sorry, I have the other one too. I'll bring it up. So yeah, this first. Um, I think it might have been the first goal. Get a hat trick. So it's one of the three. Yeah, 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 for sure. It was it was a right. the point is first period was okay, I don't know what period it was anymore I don't but but the point that I always made about D'Angelo is his skating is great his skill level is great forget about if oh. he you know what he tweets about or whatever and forget yeah, about if, if his dad is a little bit off he's a really good hockey player that's the point this is the first goal we'll check it out here so um yeah, this is it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, just having that, you know, vision. Oh, wait, no, that's, no, 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 that's not it. Sorry. That's not it either. No, it's fine. I'm up on this because I, I had trouble remembering which one it is. Process of elimination will take us to here. Seven seconds. Here we go. Ready? All right. So here we go. We're gonna. I'm gonna pause this. We're gonna start. We're gonna go through our, every single goal until we. Find I know. It. Yeah, no, that's fine. No, I, I wanted to see this goal. I thought that for that goal was impressive though. That so here we go. Here's the here's the other one. If I go, oops, <laughs> here it comes now. I promise you, it's All my right. fault. It's not your fault. Here we go. So this is the uh, no. It, this isn't it. He only gets an assist. It's a Kreider goal. Remember? Oh, it's a so it's not it's not his goal. Not his goal. He gets the because <laughs> he shot it between someone's legs. I, I, I don't know why I said it was his goal. It's a Kreider goal. I'm sorry. Damn it. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I don't have that one. But I'll send you the link. I'm we'll sorry. Take your word for, take your word for it. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. At this point, uh, yeah, it was Kreider's goal. Someone's saying in the chat room. That's cool. Yeah, That's it's Kreider's goal, just that he shot it. Okay. Yeah. No, he is. Um. I mean, I think the, the interesting thing about him, I want to want to know, Russ, is this, is, is you're looking at this. I'm going to ask you a question at the same time. Yes. There's a lot of great 
USA born defenseman right now in the NHL. It, it's just, yeah. I think by far the best defensive group we've ever had. I think that, I don't even think it's close. Like I think there were, there were times when you may have had better forwards back in the day with, you know, with, with, with that whole group and uh, that won the world cup of hockey back in the two thousands. But I, I don't think there's ever been better defensemen in the NHL from team you from, from America than now. No, um, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you just look at like guys I like mean, I, unless you go back to the um, Leach, Chelios era. I think that you, yeah, you had a couple guys there that were that were definitely as good, if not better, than anybody now. But it, Kevin Hatcher, Darian Hatcher, Chelios, Gary right. Sutter. That that's the golden age. I'd argue this big time. Like, I would definitely argue. Here's the link of this one. Okay, cool. I'm yeah, that's the golden yeah. age, though. I mean, now you're talking. You're talking Seth Jones, Warinsky, um, Warinsky, Cam Fowler, what, Mac McAvoy, right? Charlie McAvoy. McAvoy. We would have counted Gostaspier. Now we're not sure. Um, who else? No. Um, and then, yeah, there's more. There's more. John Carlson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, John Carlson. Yeah, like, look at that. I mean, that's just insane. We're. I mean, honestly, I can't imagine. So that's close. It's close because, like, how many of these will be Hall of Famers? What we talked about there were three hall of famers at least and there but partially they were hall of famers too because of they because they were like you know american trendsetters yeah it's harder now for this group perhaps to do it but here we go by popular demand sorry so you see d'angelo is already play, i'm trying to get it behind to the ranger net so you have to watch him because d'angelo is behind the ranger net there all right so i got this going and it will not move for us <laughs> move for me oh uh, it, uh, it's so funny. It. I'll, get it, I'll get you another one. You know how to share things on the thing? You can, it, um, I can't get That's okay. That's fine. While while we're searching for I'll a it on my phone, that's how I'll do it. While we're searching for a live video here, uh Larry Brooks tweeted out about an hour ago that John Davidson, the team president of the Rangers, had contacted and reached out to Leah Anderson, who prefers to communicate through his agent. Yeah. Uh, JD said everything was on the table in terms of moving out Anderson before the deadline, uh, feels a sense of responsibility to him. Won't draw any conclusions from the translated comments that we read yesterday on the show. He's un unaware of any of the incidents that happened in Hartford and his quote was he's ours, but let's, let's just say this. I heard, um, hmm. Bob McKenzie said yesterday that, um, the Rangers are not going to rush into trading Anderson because they don't want to set a precedent of having somebody say, I want out, and they're going to immediately trade him. They, they want to wait a little bit and see if they can get – I think it's more they want to get equal, what they consider, consider equal value for him, and he was a seventh overall pick in the draft. So Right, but you know what? He could say John Ander John Anderson, John Davidson can say he's ours, but at the end of the day – this kid already said he's willing to sit out the year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That's so, ridiculous. I mean, I brought up in the, in the chat room, which is another name you have to throw in there with this group is Quinn Hughes, right? So, there's right. Another, uh, another one. This is, and, and I, so I'm asking myself, is, is D'Angelo, he probably doesn't even make the Olympic team. Um, uh, he could now. I mean, I mean, he's on his way. I mean, having a great year, but I think that if you look at eight, Olympic team, what? What Olympic team? There is in, in China. Um, there's not going to be an Olympic team. The way things are going right now, there's not. There's gonna absolutely going to be Olympics in China. Well, I mean, it doesn't sound like it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we don't know for sure, but. I, there, no, right. we, we're, hold on. Here we go. 
Okay, so we're gonna watch this on Russia. <laughs> Right, let's try that. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was I was trying to get you, Russ. What the hell? Sorry. I'll get it a different way. Yeah, Russ. There, 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 there. Do it that oh, way. Yeah. Uh, it was screwing up the camera. I'll do it a different way. No, I got no. It didn't screw up the camera. Look, look, look. <laughs> me now. All right. Yes, you. Yeah. Just stick it in the camera. Just put it. I know. All right. Hold on. All right. Now I got to get started again, though. That's the this problem. This is pro. This is pro pro stuff, guys. Everyone. Oh god. It's all right. All right. All right. It's, uh, okay. Here we go. Ready? Okay. Let's, okay. We're watching. This is just like real. This is like virtual reality. Like Russ is showing you. Oh yeah. No, I like it. I mean, that that is a hell of a pass. But oh, wait, you'll see it goes through the legs of of Halley. This way, this way. Okay. Now uh, they didn't show it again, but but the thing is, it goes through the legs of De of uh, of Howden, hits the back of the back behind the goal, goes right to Kreider. They because they know where the bounces are at the Garden, so they practice that play. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's amazing, you know. And 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 also in this game, Panarin got his sictieth point, which um. Yeah, also, for all the people that said he would choke in New York. Yeah, which also, by the way, for any any Ranger in NHL history, this is an original six team. Um, no Ranger has gotten 60 points in their first 48 games as a Ranger. So that's something. I mean, that. But, but to be fair, that's because some of the early great Rangers didn't have a season with that many games. Well, yeah, but they, they've, how many games did they play? 40? 48, something like that. Well, this is 48 games. That's what I'm saying. In 48 uh, games, which 40. is still like, I mean, they played almost that many games. No one, almost no one back then came close. But I mean, even like, this is a, this is a history thing. Did you guys show the picture of Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley on the TTC yesterday? No. All right. Since we're, since we're just sharing things and everything's working perfectly, I'm going to push my luck and show another photo. There you go. But this is, um yeah, this was uh, Morgan Riley and Austin Matthews yesterday on the, going to the game. I love no, 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 no. They were holding an outdoor practice at Nathan Phillips Square, which is outside of City Hall yeah. in Toronto, and they were on the way to that, not to not to the game. Oh, they were on the way to the practice. They're on the way to the practice. Okay, yeah. I was still still impressive. And yes, no, it's I mean, I, this is why I am like such a huge Austin. And I wrote about Austin Matthews yesterday. I am such a huge Austin Matthews guy, and the fact that since he's entered the league, I wrote about it yesterday. You probably talked about it that he his his um sixty NHL goals are the most goals of any player five on five since Austin Matthews entered the NHL. But he's still not going to win the Richard trophy, which I challenged the other day. Pasternak's going to run away. Oh, with he's it. not going to win it. But the point of that, that is like when you look at what he dealt with, oh, with yeah. Babcock not playing him, the fact that five on five, he's got more goals than anybody else since he entered the NHL. That's great. That's amazing. And, and, oh, and also, how messed up the last three playoff series have been where, Babcock has not played him in game seven. I'm like, going to go back to pre-draft when I would talk about him on this show and then I would see things on social media and Mike would talk about it with, with me on the show. And a lot of the reporters there were like, I don't know. Is he really that good? He's from Arizona. Like how good is he really? Yeah. And I would try and tell people he's everything short of Crosby. Like I would just try yeah. and tell them that or Rick David, but he is that next guy. And everybody was just like, okay, you know, like, yeah, we'll see. And no, he definitely is. He has, I mean, and I, you know, I'm not like one, I hate people who compare anybody to Gretzky. Okay. Because yeah. what I do is I, when I do, when I do my Gretzky comparisons, it's an aspect of Gretzky that I like to compare it to. And 
because Gretzky did everything at a Gretzky level. Obviously, he was Wayne Gretzky. What yeah. Austin Matthews does at a Gretzky level that I, am, I don't think anyone in the NHL can do like him, even like McDavid, even 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 Crosby. All right, Matthews, I busted your stat. What? That stat is not correct. Five on five? You sure? Right. No, no. On Austin Matthews, yes. On Altami Pernarin, no. No, really. Frank Boucher in 1929-30 played 42 games, had 62 points. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, um, all right, so, we get, this is my whole rant about yeah. these guys. Bill Cook, Frank Boucher, Bill Cook had 28 goals and 50 points one year, which back then was half the team's offense. Yeah, no, that that's amazing. But to finish to finish my thought yeah, on that, right, the right. one thing he does that better than anyone in the NHL right now, and better than anyone I think that I have seen since Gretzky. And people never gave Gretzky the credit for this. Is Matthews receives a pass better than anybody in the NHL, and and that goes along with the fact that he doesn't just receive a pass well. And you know Elias Pettersson receives is is close. Uh, he's in there too with him. As Elias Pettersson receives passes really well too. But what Matthews does is he is where the puck is going to, and receives passes. So they put those three things. He's he's better at getting to where the puck is heading than anyone right. in the NHL right now, and he well, receives a pass better. So those are, those are two really high qualities. Well, that's that's. I mean, that's a product of the, all the offseason work that he does with skill coaches. I mean, the one thing that yeah. he did last year or last summer that is pain that is painfully apparent this year is he wanted to, to develop a one timer. And yeah. he now, I mean, the goal that he scored to tie the game against Winnipeg on Wednesday was an incredible one-timer from about five feet inside the blue line with 18 seconds left or something like that. And Connor Hellebuck did not see it. Yeah, um, he, you're right. He did not have well, a and this, and this There's all the kids out there. This is a, the only other player that does this in the NHL like he does it is Crosby, who will actually spend like an entire offseason working on one thing every right. year. And, and, then, and you're talking about the best player in the world already with Crosby for many years when he was in there. And people, 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 people criticize Matthew's ability to win faceoffs. He's at like 52 or 53 percent right now, which which is pretty good. And is one, you know, the one criticism about him, and it's improved since Keith took over, is defensively he's been not. He, early in the season there were some games where he was minus three, where he was sort of out to lunch, trying to generate more offense, and he was getting caught defensively. Well, that's the thing and with him. Defensively, like it, you have to, you have to realize that the guy knows he's got to be the top scorer on the team, right? So he's right. doing that, and at the same time, you know, uh, I, I have seen him in situations, and you can back me up on this, Mike. There, there, and it, it never gets the credit for this because no one will ever say it. Where he has to play defense, where they're killing off something, where yeah. I've seen him make unbelievable defensive plays, like yeah. His back checking, his ability to lift a stick of somebody and steal the puck from them is about as good as anybody in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, he'll lift a guy's stick from behind and just pull that puck back easily. <laughs> two things. Two things. One thing about Matthews is, up until this year, until that shot did develop, he was about as good as Phil Esposito around the net. He was. And if anybody yeah. ever watched Phil Esposito, the hands on him when he had when he was in the crease was really hard to stop. And Matthews sort of reminded me of that. 
But now that he's added the shot, that's something that, you know, Esposito and didn't have. thing about Matthews, right? Like, so, like, you know, there aren't many guys like that. Like, Tim Curry used to be like that with Espo, like yeah. Esposito is and stuff like that. But when you look at the um, – Espo was way above Curry. Oh, Curry for sure, for sure. But when you look at Matthews, like, he can score goals in front of the net like, like Esposito did. He's yeah. – now he's scoring off the one-timer. And still his best shot that he has – Is the curl and drag. Yeah, is, right. is the fact that he changes the angle with his stick better than anybody. So, he, like, if he has the puck out at a certain spot – and the goalie's because you remember you're in your goalie, you're playing an angle and you're playing the puck because if you play the player, the stick's like way out here, you know. So Matthew's gonna have his stick way out here, and you so the goalie's got to play that puck where it is and bring it a foot or two towards him and take the shot, which changes everything for the goalie better than and on the fly better than anybody. So those are the those are three yeah. like incredible skills. I'm gonna rip Google for a minute yeah. because if you type in Frank Boucher in Google, because I had a feeling he had more points, you actually get like car dealerships until you hit Frank Boucher Rangers. I, like that's just disgusts me. I'm I, sorry. I, thought you, I thought you were going to get Bobby Boucher from the water boy or something like <laughs> that. No, but it just disgusts me. Like this guy is like a all time great in the hall of fame and people just forget, man. I'm Please. trying to find the article that said this too, right? So I can make it. Um, okay. Per NHL stats and information. He's the first player in franchise history to shoot 60 more points in his first 43 career games of the Rangers. That's, no, in his first 43 games, Boucher was already seven years into his career. Okay, when he, that, that's, that's where I was wrong. That distinction is it's his first 43, first 43 games. Sorry, that's it. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, some, somebody somebody in uh, in the chat, just because you mentioned Tim Kerr, and I was I was just looking at like Hockey DB a couple days ago. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. I think Tim Kerr may have had the best five years yeah, oh yeah. Of almost any player in the history of the league. And if I people forget, like if you're right. And if, if Kerr hadn't been in a in a in an era where people could literally hang on him, um, because it was a holding error, you know, like as so what he what Kerr's issue was his his Achilles heel was his shoulder, which was yeah. which which would pull out of a socket like you would pull a a, a, a knife yeah, out of the floor. Back. Yeah. But, so, but, but but just listen. I mean, yeah, eighty three through eighty eight. He had one year where he had, I think, the shoulder injury, and he was he couldn't play more than eight. He only played eight games, but then he came back for the playoffs. But it, but eighty three to eighty eight, fifty four, fifty four, fifty eight, fifty eight. Then the injury year, and then forty eight. Yeah, and then how was he with the Rangers? How was he with the Rangers, Mike? <laughs> uh, one year only. He, I mean, that was it. One year, eighteen points, thirty-two. Tim Kerr would have been nothing without Pelly Eklund passing him the puck. By the way, that was that was like, <laughs> that was that was the Eklund the Eklund to Kerr thing was the thing, and yeah, and there was you know the one Ranger series which really was dominant on that where Eklund had like five points and Kerr had a hat trick in the second period. He got beat on in the crease. Everybody checked him in his back. Oh yeah, and the nicest, like the sweetest man you've met, Kerr, like the oh, sweetest yeah. guy in the world, like you know, just like tremendous and, talent, yeah. Oh yeah, he was. So, um, so before we get out of here, um, one quick thing. So, uh, there was fun. There was this. There's a Swedish writer out there, um, who was really funny about the Peke Rene thing because he he called up is uh you guys see this Tommy Sapala, who oh, writes, yeah, I know Tommy. He yeah. wrote. He says he called Peke Rene and he picked up the phone saying, "Hey, it's Peke Pekka Solani. How you doing?" <laughs> so that was that was Rene's like joke about the whole thing, which I loved. Rene is hilarious and like Rene is hilarious. The thing about Rene that's amazing, which I love, is you know I'm all for goalies being weird and quirky, and he's just not. Um, and and he's not in like the way that you know most teams won't let you anywhere near to talk to a goalie before a game. Pekka Rene could care less. Um, he has no none of the superstition things going on. He's weird that way. He's just completely. You know. So and so my question to you guys: We have how many NHL goalies have scored goals in regular season right now? Twelve. Right. 
I'm gonna go Mike Smith and well, so let me see let me see which one of you can get more of them. So I'm gonna start with Russ. Marty Brodeur has two. No, 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 no. Regular season, regular, regular season. Regular season. And right. still in the NHL or Russ, just yeah, no, no, no. At all times. So Russ, you're gonna get to go first, you're gonna go back and forth. Russ, you can go like we already Mike know. Smith. Okay, you're gonna go with Mike Billy Smith, right? No, I thought Mike Smith did it. Uh Mike well, Smith is is not on the, yes, he is, sorry. Yeah, he did last year. Um 2013, sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's Mike Smith. Uh, Jello, what do you got? Billy Smith. Billy Smith. Russ. Ron Hextall. Yep. Mike. Martin Berdour. Martin Berdour. Russ. That's four of 12. Mm. Obviously, one was last night. Is, well, that's true. Pekka Rene, thank you. Pekka Rene. Mike. <laughs> sorry, I gave Russ one there. I... Mark Andre Fleury. Um, no. I thought he did. Nope. 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 Um, but I'm gonna let you go again because I gave Russ something there. So you go again, Mike. You got, you got a second shot here with this. Oh, let's see. And by the way, it is. Don't look down. You got to look up. It's been seven years since this since this has happened. This this is the you know there were like there was a streak oh, okay. there. He was cheating. I'm not cheating. You were looking down. Oh, you looked in the you looked in the chat room. I haven't looked at anything. I'm right. he, was down. he absolutely was. What did he say? Bastard. God. I haven't said anything. Yeah, he's not cheating until he says something. Uh, <laughs> now the pressure's really on you. I uh, let's see here. Um, I'm going to tell you, give you a hint that this yeah. guy did win a Stanley. This, there's two on there that have, there are two on there that you've missed so far that did win Stanley Cups. Well, somebody's saying Osgood in the chat, but I don't remember that. So. That happened. That did. Okay. I did in 1996. However, he was not like, I know. He was not like, he was like the Billy Smith goal, though. Like, he was like uh, that kind of goal. Okay. So, Russ. I'm going to go Luongo. No. No, no, no. Nope. 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 Marty Berdor did do it three times. But he did it twice. They did it three times, once in the playoffs. Okay. I'll go. I have one more guess, and then I'm pretty good. And then you're out. This is—it's an interesting list. It's really kind of. I'm gonna go Javi Bulin. Javi Bulin. Uh, no, no, and that's a good guess too. Um, Mike, you want to try anybody else or no? I'll tell you this. Another one was on the Predators. How about that? The ones on the Predators. Thomas Volkun. Nope, not and he did it. Mike, Mike Dunham. No, and he's like. Wow. Like, even name is a Preds goalie. I know he never even played. Did he? Mike Dunham played for Nashville. Mike Dunham played for a while. Yeah, no, he played there. Sorry, I'm. All right, Chris Mason. Like who else? Chris Mason. Yeah, I mean, one okay. of my buddies from one of, one of the nicest guys in the world. I love Chris Mason. I, I do remember one because he's a because he. I think he. I'm pretty sure he did it with the Sabers. Was Mika Nornin. You're right. That's a good one. In 2004, Mika Nornin. Yeah. Um, well. No cheating. That time. <laughs> so some people in the chat room who might be cheating, we never know. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give them some credit if they weren't. Um, he was like this. <laughs> You were like, go ahead, Mike. He was like this, and he was looking down. That was the problem. Toronto Greenhouse, right? Which is Jose Theodore. Oh, Jose Theodore. Did it for the Montreal Canadiens. Probably the only left-handed goalie on this list that did it. Um, maybe. And uh, then, then, then there's a Sharks goalie in Evgeny Nabokov. Yeah, Nabokov had it. Oh, Nabokov. Hmm. Here's how, and and I think that, and Chris Osgood had one. You got that one right. And here's the really weird one: Damian Rhodes for the Ottawa Senators. Home relief. Damian Rhodes, I never would have. Wow. So he goes like this. Smith in 1979. Hextall in, in 89 and 87. Osgood in 96. Woods in 99.
Theodore in 2001, Abakov in 2002, Norton in 2004, Mason in 2006, Ward in 2011, Brodeur in 97, 2000, and 2013, Mike Smith in 2013, and then Pecorani last night. Johnny yeah, Trump, I wouldn't so. have guessed Cam Ward. I just wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, he's the one. Not, he's not the greatest shooter. I mean, not the. No, I know. mean, he wasn't the, to me the greatest stick handling goalie. So, well, how, how, how is Norin in for me? Is Norin in Ibaka because that is something that was not they were not trained to do. Like they, no. your goalies weren't at that point. I don't believe they and, were and still Mike's like guess, Mike's guess. of flurry is a good guess. I mean, as good as he is with the stick, he could do it. You know, he's one of the guys you know who could do it. Um, well, I, Hextall may have had two goals, but he still lost to Felix Potvin in a fight. <laughs> All right. The, one of my favorite, he killed Chris Bennington, though. Um, one of my favorite. Billy, was it Billy? Billy. Craig, Craig Billington. Craig, Craig Billington. Billington. And Jordan Bennington. <laughs> I get that all the time. I've done that. I did that last year. All right. So here's the, 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 the I, one of my favorite things I ever attended was a preseason game in New Jersey where we moved down to the very bottom of the, and, and there was a full out. Um, there was nobody in this, nobody in the, nobody in the building. It was like the old Meadowlands. Nobody's there. And full out goalie fight, bench clearing bra with hex dog skating down the ice from, you know, for all the way from his goal to the other crease to take on in, in a preseason game, you know, to take on Billington. It was like, it was just, it was, it was, it was. You want to know a better preseason game? Better preseason game was when Bobby Hull played for the Rangers at the Meadowlands. Oh, <laughs> really? I didn't even know that happened. Yep. I mean, my favorite, my one of my favorite preseason. I think I brought up one of my favorite preseason preseason moments before, but I was in Philadelphia for the first game of Zadino Chara as an Islander in a preseason game, like wearing a weird number and stuff like that. And we all, and I literally sat there next to the guy next to me who may have been Captain Neo. I probably was, and I said. I think we're, I don't know what you rate. I was in high school. I think it was so long ago. I said to him, I said, this guy will never make it in the NHL. Chara is there's no, there's no way he's so bad. I mean, he looked like, you know, it looked like Manute bowl trying to play hockey at that time. You know, it was like ridiculous. He was awful. So here's the story on it. It is in one of my books, but it's 1981. Bobby Hall was 42 years old right. and he was trying out for the Rangers and he played in the preseason game. I think he played with just Hedberg because I'm not sure Nielsen was healthy. But that was the other thing is he wanted wow. to play with those guys again. So wow. this, was this before was this before he went to Hartford and played with Howe? 81. What year did he do that? I think it was 81 or 82 because he didn't make right it. Right around there. Because yeah, that was, last year was 81. The, the, the sort of joke trivia question of what's the highest scoring line in the history of the NHL, it, everybody says, you know, oh, it's – it's the line. It, 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 yeah. the, the, the answer to the question was Hall, Howe, and Dave Keon when they played in Hartford. No, this was after Hartford. This was eight okay. when he played for Hartford. <laughs> so he tried to hang on one more year. Herb Brooks was the coach, and the Rangers like snuck him in there, and he did play a preseason game at the Meadowlands because I have a scorecard for it. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah. So anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Oh, last yeah, we're going to give winners because Mike and I didn't get to do this. So we're going to give winners for the uh, football. So I'm going with San Fran, the Ravens, the chiefs and the Seahawks with the upset. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Mike. Yeah. I'm San Fran. Um, I think Seattle has got the best, the best chance of any of the underdog, uh, any of the road teams, but uh, yeah, San Fran, Seattle, 
Baltimore, and Kansas City. I think Kansas City is going to destroy Houston. All right, I want to get in on this, but you got to do me a favor, and this sounds pathetically ridiculous. I work on hockey full-time, guys. Kansas <laughs> City's playing Houston. Kansas City's playing Houston, Kansas City. Go ahead, next. Baltimore, Tennessee. Tennessee, going with Tennessee. Ooh, okay. I think uh, I think you're I like the way they look there. Seattle at Green Bay. Green Bay, Seattle's not good. They barely beat they barely beat they barely beat an Eagles team that was just horrible. You want to know something? Well, that's true. They had no running backs. Marsha and Lynch is just starting to play, but they're the one wide receiver. Um is the running back coming back for Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf will probably make the difference in this game too. Is, Russ, is their running back coming back because no, I don't know if they're getting anybody. Yeah, back. They're, 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 the running backs are Lynch, time, and, but it's not. It's Lynch and a third stringer. That's that's the running yeah, back. Not a chance. Um, and uh, Minnesota at San Francisco. I like Minnesota, and I know that's like an upset, right? But, but I really, I'd like. I, you're yeah. not the only person who's picked that. There's been some people who've been saying Minnesota, and I, I, I don't get it. But Sanford may have the best defense. They're Wimbosa and guys like that. They're they're amazing. Yeah. Seattle team being announced. Um, quick, quick that Seattle hockey. I heard, All -Star. I heard All Star break. I heard All Star break too. Um, and oh, I've, been been I've been pushing really hard for James. Um, that would be the Sasquatch and the Kraken because I'm a cryptozoologist at heart. But um, but Seattle the, Metropolitans. Uh, no, I don't think it's no. the Metropolitan. Metropolitan Division. That makes no sense. No. <laughs> it's really weird. No, what I think is going to be is the Sockeyes, I've heard. I heard it's going to be the uh, Seattle Sockeyes. I can live with that. That's I think the Sockeyes are kind of salmon. You know, your, your, team is your team is named after a fish. I still would like it is a fish. Seattle. It should be the Seattle Slugs. It should be the Slugs. It should be the Seattle Kraken because Seattle Kraken, just like the whole concept of release the Kraken, is just so made for a sports arena. Yeah. But how, many, anyway. how many Phil McCracken jokes are we here? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I know. We're gonna, we're gonna. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be. Uh, it's not gonna be. The, I, I really heard it's gonna be the sockeye. Although I think somebody I talked to the other day said they still heard the crack no. could be it. I think those are the two. The ultimate, the, the, the ultimate troll move would be them for them to call themselves the Seattle Supersonics. That's true. <laughs> I know. I've heard some really bad ones like the Seattle Espresso and oh my god, some terrible oh, ones. The Seattle Starbucks. I know, I know. Like, uh, it, that's really bad. I mean, it, it. This is, this is, this is crying out for to be the Sasquatch. I'm really upset about that. So I'm a huge Bigfoot fan. So uh, I don't know. That that's really is bothering me. You're but a anyway, fan of big things. That's great. I love. I love, I'm a big. I'm a Bigfoot believer. You know, I'm a Swatcher at heart. So there you go. Well, All right. We have of Bigfoots out there. Oh, there's plenty of them. Trust me. <laughs> I know. I, I have it on good sources that there's a Bigfoot. That's an E5. It's absolutely true. All right. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.